Hi, welcome to another broadcast from Two Bear Arms. And uh, today, Deuce and I are bringing some great topics to you. We're going to start out with uh, talking about holsters. How are we doing today, Deuce? I'm doing great. Good, good, good. Great. Another uh, another segment uh, of the holsters that we want to talk about is uh, something, uh, you know, not standard, I guess, um, because you need to have some non-standard concepts available to you for situations to where you can't just strap on a regular holster like you normally do. And um, do you ever carry uh, different than inside of a holster on your belt? Uh, me personally, uh, about the most uh, non-standard way that I carry is generally a pocket carry. Okay. Um, okay. That's usually a smaller gun like an LCP. I'll even yep. slip my LCR into a pocket holster once in a while. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and what we're talking about, for those that are watching us on YouTube, uh, the small sticky holster that I've got here, uh, very, very popular brands. Uh, they're out of Florida. Wonderful, wonderful company. They've been making uh, these sticky holsters for, I don't know, about 10 years probably, I think. Um, they make them to fit for any size firearm. Um, they make some that are very, very large, obviously not a pocket style, but that would be in, in the waistband style or, or down inside of a bag even because of the material that they're made of. It keeps the, the holster in place while you draw the firearm out of the holster. But when we're talking about pocket carry, the one thing that I always want to tell people is if you are going to pocket carry, realize, number one, your draw technique is going to be different and it's not going to be super, super fast. Uh, but it conceals well, but you also want to make positive that you have it in a holster. Don't just drop the pistol in your pocket or in your back pocket. Or, you know, I've had guys come into the store before and go, oh yeah, I'm carrying this in my back pocket. And they reach back there. They have no holster. They just have the gun sticking out of the pocket. Well, it's not protecting the trigger. So what we're after here is trigger protection. You don't want to be known as one cheek Larry. One cheek Larry. Yeah, that can be interpreted several different ways depending on where you're carrying it. But uh, yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Um, so putting it inside of the, uh, the sticky holster or uncle Mike's or any of the other brands out there that make the pocket style holsters, you're protecting the trigger. That's what we're after. The second advantage to this is it also reduces the print of the firearm, the outline that you would see. Um, it starts to look like somebody's got their wallet in their front pocket, which is the way I carry my wallet. I carry it in my front pocket. So on the other side, I would have the sticky holster or a pocket holster with the firearm in it. And at a quick glance, people don't notice that you have something in each pocket, really, and unless it prints out and lays out the actual line design of the gun. So serving two purposes there. Where would you use a pocket holster mostly? Or why would you choose to go to a pocket holster? I, I think mostly people use it. It's uh, clothing dictated. Uh, okay. For example, uh, I know a lot of people that will carry in uh, gym shorts, in a pocket holster. Okay. Um, summertime wear in general. Um, you know, a lot of guys, uh, I mean, I, you know, people that are on the beach even will carry yep. in a pocket holster. If you're not wearing a shirt, for example, okay. um, you don't have any kind of cover garment. Um, also, you know, something that, you know, we don't talk a whole lot about, but, uh, it's a, it's actually a pretty good operation for a second gun, second firearm, a secondary firearm while you're carrying. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's something we'll touch on in other segments, but you know, there's, there's lots of people in this world that do carry two guns. Absolutely. Um, and that's a great backup choice. I know, um, I, you know, I know some law enforcement use that technique as well. And, um, you and know, when, I, when I was in law enforcement, I carried a second firearm in a lot of cases, you know, my cargo pocket, but I still had it in some type of holster mm -hmm. down in that cargo pocket that I could slip the gun in and out of. But, um, and then I know when I was in the corporate world for a long time and had to wear dockers and a polo shirt a lot, um, I always had a pistol in my pocket for trade shows and for meetings and events and things. Uh, nobody ever knew that it was there. It was just a small firearm. Uh, a lot of times North American arms or a small uh, Colt Mustang, something along that lines right. would be a great choice for down inside that pocket holster. Um, other options as far as alternative carry. Uh, here you see basically a sneaky peat, I think a lot of times are referred to as, but this is by Bulldog. And it looks like the old-fashioned BlackBerry or uh, just a large phone case that clips on. The thing people have to realize when you are talking about any type of exterior concealment holster uh, is that realize that people don't pay as much attention to what other people are wearing or doing. 
If uh, to prove that point, anybody listening, think of the first three people that you've seen this morning outside of your household. What were they wearing from head to toe? What were they wearing? You're probably not going to be able to tell us that um, in great detail because there was nothing significant that you needed to look at or look for. So these pouches, a lot of times, while they look big, like I'm holding them here in my hand, uh, they look very big, four and a half inches roughly across and uh, probably three and a half or four tall. Uh, it looks very big like this, but once it's on a body and people glance at it, they just immediately, their brain tells them it's just a cell phone case and their brain never actually registers what it is. But inside that, we're holding an LCP pistol and a uh, great little uh, emergency firearm. They're, again, not something I would take to a... Uh, to a bar fight, um, but it's something to help get me out of the bar if there's a problem. So, right. obviously, not drinking while I was there that would be that would be no no. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. They like you to stay dry if you're going to go into a bar fight. There you go, there you go. Kind of like a designated driver, designated carrier. That's right. So, um, so that's a good option there uh, to kind of consider if you don't want to stick it down in your pockets for whatever reason, uh, if you just aren't comfortable with it in your pocket. The other thing, the way that these pop the guns out, you don't have to go digging into the holsters, but they have a they have a set of holes in the bottom, and you push in that hole with your finger. With it on, you would push up like that. It stands the gun up in the holster like it did there in the video, and then you can just grab the gun and pull it. So they are fairly convenient. They need a little bit of practice to get used to them, but uh, a good option there if you're not going to be able to carry a belt holster or a standard belt holster and you just want some type of concealment other than pocket. A good, you know, a good instance for this, in my opinion, because they even make them, you know, next size up that will hold a five shot air weight okay. or an LCR. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is a situation where let's say you're doing an outdoor activity like hiking or something. And when you can legally carry and you don't want to open carry, good but point. you also don't want to deep conceal, this would be a good option because it looks something similar like you'd put on your belt if you were hiking or backpacking or something like that. So that'd be a good, that'd be a good gun for that, a good setup for that situation. Very good point. Very good point. The other one that we'll talk about is an ankle holster and, um, the ankle holsters. And I guess in the same category, we would discuss the belly band type type holsters Mm -hmm. or the vest shirts that have the, uh, internal pockets in them. Then you put your shirt over the top of that. All of these are options, yes, for concealing a firearm. Just totally understand the limitations of them. Um, number one, ankle holsters look horrible with shorts, um, or so right. I've been told. So um, even if you are wearing just black socks, it doesn't hide very well with a black holster. Right. Um, so, uh, But it is another way to be able to have, well, like you mentioned earlier, it could be just a second gun, or if it is your primary gun, just know your limitations as far as getting in getting to it it's not a quick draw situation it's a bend down while you're hid behind something draw the firearm and and uh, get yourself out of the situation Mm -hmm. you know it's it's one of those cases with ankle carry um again you know you've got to know your own physical limitations as well i mean if you can't um physically crouch or come close to touching your toes for example you probably should pursue a different style of carry yeah so because it all requires a little bit of physical prowess and every one of the holsters, like we talked about in our first couple segments regarding holsters, is whatever holster choices you make, and, and most people have multiple holsters across multiple lines, and then in our case, for several different firearms, they all need practiced with. Every time I put on a holster that I haven't worn the day before or a few days before, um, I practice getting that gun out of it a few times before I leave the house. Just so your brain is familiar with your technique that you're going to have to utilize to get to that gun um, in some type of an emergency. And the limitations being for like the belly band holsters or the shirt holsters, there again, you're having to untuck or move the shirt or rip the buttons open on the shirt to get into the, uh, to get into the holster, whatever the case may be. Uh, those need to be practiced, maybe not ripping the buttons off your shirt each time. That's kind of, right. you have to sew it back on yeah. between, between, uh, t- between testing and that, that necessarily wouldn't be good. So, uh, know that that, uh, that's some of the, 
different alternatives that you have for holsters. Any other comments on the? Yeah, there's just there's a lot of is when you dig into this side of the market. There's a lot of different uh, things out there. There's a lot of gimmicks, uh, and some of them I've actually tried. Sure. Um, one of them is uh, you know the one that kind of looks like a little leather tab on your belt, and you pull the whole pouch up. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, some people may be able to make those work. It wasn't the best option for me. Uh, so it looks awesome on the video. It looks awesome yeah, on the video. The way they do their videos. Yep. Man. And, you know, with enough practice and the right person, maybe it could work. Um, yep. You know, there was, uh, for the ladies, there was one called the flash, flashbang with the hook yep. to the, the hook to, to, the your, to a bra mm-hmm. strap. Um, you know, and for example, I'm wearing a garter thigh holster right now <laughs> for no reason. I mean, that's. Because I want to. Well, I'm glad so. we made you put pants on before we started yeah, filming but, this. Uh, so there's oh. lots of options out there. And, um, you know, most of them are, are kind of a, um, you know, looking for a solution to a question nobody asked sometimes. But sure. uh, we kind of covered some of the more streamlined um, standard options that are out there for something other than inside the waistband or belt carry. Sure, sure. All right. Well, wonderful. We will talk uh, here coming up on the next holster segment. I think we'll talk about appendix carry a little bit. And uh, and then uh, maybe here coming up in one of the segments, we'll get into a little more discussion about shoulder holsters and the options there. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, moving on a little bit here, we'll uh, mention our sponsors for our broadcast. And uh, W.R. Hall Insurance Company out of Warsaw, we're very, very pleased to have them join, uh, join our sponsorship out here, not only for our broadcasting, but then also for Paradise Pass Regulators, which is our gun club here, the uh, host for the world championship which we'll talk about here shortly uh, then also we the people munitions which is the main reason that this show exists is we the people munitions company um, and uh, then also two bear arms uh, gun shop which uh, we're located in right now we're broadcasting from the headquarters of two bear arms our one and only awesome location. Absolutely. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right. Well, moving into the next topic, and this is something a little bit out of the normal. If you've been watching our channel, um, we're going to kind of move more into some philosophies uh, as we as we progress as a broadcast. And uh, one of the topics that we chose to talk to talk about today is perception of the second amendment and deuce did a little experiment here and got us some survey information from someone um, outside of the firearms industry or not familiar with the firearms in any way shape or form and uh, deuce tell us a little bit about that and then some of the results from that uh well i just did a, a real quick uh, phone interview of an individual um that i that i know quite well um, they're actually part of my family. And so, you know, I, we love and care about each other. And, yeah. uh, so I kind of preface the, uh, interview with, you know, I'm look, not looking to debate or to get into very specific politics or issues. I just kind of want to hear your gut reactions to some phrases that I use or that I tell you. Okay. And, um, uh, she was female. Okay. So, um, you know, I first, the first thing I asked her, well, when you, when you hear the word second amendment, uh, what is your first inclination? Mm-hmm. And her very first question to me, she answered my question with a question. She said, okay. is that the gun one? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so now um, she is not a gun owner. She gun is not shooter. a gun owner. She is not a shooter. Uh, um, but she was around guns as a child, maybe uh, she was, at a, she was around a region where guns were, uh, Pretty commonplace. Okay. Um, okay. You know, hunting was a big deal and, you know, deer okay. hunting and stuff was kind of a national holiday around there. Okay. So, yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, very much, very much zero experience with firearms um, outside of what uh, basically uh, she sees from uh, my wife and I. So, okay. Um, you know, so that, uh, that was kind of interesting, but yeah, that was her first question. Well, that's the gun one, right? Okay. And um, so we broke into a conversation about that and, um, she had just uh, received a letter from a local politician. She said, "You funny, it's funny that you're asking me these questions because um, her state rep had sent a letter and they had kind of outlined these issues. Okay. You know, and they were asking your, you know, the people's opinion on the issues and the Second Amendment was one of those things. Okay. And, um, you know, her, her initial gut response was um, she doesn't really think about it. Okay. Um, she said, I don't. Um, I don't really think about it. She says, uh, for example, I know 
you guys. So mm-hmm. I know that firearms are a huge part of your life and you're mm-hmm. in the, the industry and, um, you know, recreationally and as well as from a professional standpoint. But uh, she said, other than that, I don't think about it. Um, and, you know, interesting enough, she's uh, spent a lot of time out of the country. Um, she's lived outside of the U.S. for uh, close to 20 years in a variety okay. of diff- of other different countries okay. where gun ownership is um, forbidden. Okay. So um, where the law enforcement doesn't even carry firearms. Mm-hmm. So she did have that to say that she, you know, it took some getting used to for her children and whatnot. Um, to get used to seeing law enforcement officers that were actually carrying firearms. Um, definitely, she did not have a negative spin on it. Okay. So that, and I guess my, you know, and the whole, when you and I started this discussion, um, the whole thing was to get people's, you know, I wanted to look from the other side of the aisle, mm-hmm. so to speak, and uh, what people's perceptions are, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it, it it was not at all what I expected. Because we don't, you know, we don't really dive into a lot of those topics sometimes, you know, when we have our conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was, uh, it was very interesting. And um, she didn't have a negative view. She didn't have a positive view. She had a very, um, just kind of a blah view okay. on it. So it was okay. not, so I, and then I asked her what, you know, what the, obviously the importance of the Second Amendment was to her and our, you know, as far as our constitutional rights go. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she said, being honest, it's way, way down in the list because it doesn't apply to me. Okay. Okay. So. Well, and that's very interesting, you know, and we, one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about this topic a little bit today is that, you know, 2020 uh, in the past now is was an epic year for the gun industry, for you know, civilization as a whole. Um, but obviously for us and for those listening, guns are a passion and uh, a very big part of our lives. And for us professionally, it's a big part of our lives. And we've had the opportunity in here in the store to be able to survey lots and lots of people as they come in. And throughout the year, you know, record number of sales, not only our shop, but all shops across the nation. Uh, I think they, you know, the numbers they're they're not exact but somewhere between eight and 11 million new gun owners in 2020 and that number is just epically huge and you when you think about the number of first-time gun buyers coming in their perceptions to finally make the decision to protect themselves we have to also ask ourselves is this the time in in history to where all gun owners can start making a difference and swaying more and more people. Let's get another 8 million or 11 million to start swaying over to the gun side and keep them on this side. So, you know, this goes from everything from the conversations that we have with people like you interviewed um, to where we slowly start to move them towards understanding more about the second amendment, the purpose of the second amendment, and maybe not necessarily turning them into a gun owner at any point in time, but getting them to accept the fact that it's not something dangerous or evil for society. It's something that's needed for society to keep everything in check and to keep you know governments or tyrannies of any sort in check. And then also to protect us at a street level value, um, families and, and whatnot if if she so chooses to call the police to be the saving grace in an emergency then that's her her right her choice but we need to try to get the general public to respect the ones that do not own guns to get them to respect the fact that we choose to not wait on the response time of law enforcement and i say that with with full backing of law enforcement because I spent 29 years in law enforcement. So right. please don't take any of this as any type of criticism on law enforcement. It's just, uh, you know, there were many shifts that, uh, especially when I worked for the counties that we would be at one end of the County and an emergency call would come out. We would do everything in our power to get there as fast as possible. And it was still 15, 18 minutes to get there driving absolutely as fast as we could push the limits of the cars. Yeah. Um, just distance was what was keeping us from getting there. That's a long time in an emergency situation. They're superheroes, but they don't have superhero powers. Absolutely. So they're still restricted by time absolutely. And, and budgets absolutely. and, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, 
you know, again, you know, I'll reiterate what, what uh, Kurt mentioned, you know, not at all. We are 100% pro law enforcement. Absolutely. Um, it's just, you know, when you make that choice to have an option yep. um, at a time of need, uh, you know, that's kind of what, you know, and, and I think in a, in a deeper, you know, in a chance to have another conversation with her, and I will, um, you know, one thing that she's passionate about is um, women's equality. Okay. Okay. Uh, especially in the workplace. Well, um, you know, I, w- I would like to, at bare minimum, get her to see that my right to bear a firearm is just as important as her right to me not be discriminated against because Absolutely. she's a woman. Absolutely. Okay, so that's, you know, that's, I, I guess, um, you know, when we're talking about perceptions and changing perceptions is I think, honestly, we need to do a better job um, as gun owners as maybe more uh, approaching it as more of an educational side, more than, more than a, you know, passionate in your face. Um, you know, it can, there's times for that. Right. And then there's times to, to try to win people over. Yeah. And winning people over is not something that can be done in one conversation. No. You know, they've spent their entire lives, whether they're 20 years old or 70 years old, they've spent their entire lives thinking what they think. And for us to try to change that, it, it can't happen overnight. So, be gentle in the conversations, be thoughtful in the conversations and be thoughtful in your presentation of the conversation. And what I mean by that is, you know, while I am on the extreme side of pro second amendment, there are times that I feel uh, like open carry is not a good, good policy out in public. Right. Um, it scares people that don't mm-hmm. understand the firearms and don't know the firearms. I use the example, and I've told this story many a times, but a couple years ago, just right here locally at one of the uh, one of the lumber companies, uh, one of the one of the home improvement stores. My wife and I were in that, and we were in the garden center area, and it was a beautiful sunny day, and there was quite a few people. You know, wasn't packed, but there was quite a few people. And I looked over and there was a gentleman in a a white sleeveless t-shirt, um, had a shoulder holster on with two magazines and, uh, he was a a bodybuilder of sorts and, uh, he had a very attractive lady with him. Uh, they were probably mid to late twenties and they were walking through there, you know, fairly bold as brass. Um, and he had a, you know, 1911 a full-size 1911 in this shoulder holster as he walked through there and there was an older couple that as they walked by and the older lady that was with her husband noticed it she almost went into a panic Mm -hmm. um it scared her it scared her and she grabbed her husband's arm and he looked right away and had kind of a scared look on his face and there was for no purpose whatsoever but now those folks left with a bad feeling about firearms and firearms being carried Mm -hmm. meanwhile i'm standing over there they never took a glance at me but yet i had a firearm underneath a shirt right that nobody there seen at all and I scared no one with that, and I got no second looks, but yet he got looks from everybody. Mm-hmm. And I really I have a hard time, and I may get some hate mail over this, you know, because I don't want to infringe upon any of our rights regarding the second, but folks try to be a little more thoughtful in what the perception is um, when other people are around. So yep. You can absolutely be steadfast in your belief system. Um while not turning people off of your belief system in the same, in the sure. same time, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, and you have to, I, as I get older, uh, more mature, I guess you could say, um, I try to do a that, better, that's going to happen at some point. Uh, maybe. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. I'll ha- have to hit puberty first. Um, when you, uh, you totally made me lose. Sorry. Thought, no, oh, man. when I, um, you know, when, when you're trying to, um, relay, um, how you feel and your opinions, you know, it's, it's best to, for me to look, try to see it from the other side of the coin. Sure. And, um, guns are dangerous. Sure. Guns are scary to some people. If you have zero experience with a firearm, yeah, it's loud. It makes a lot of noise and, you know, pointy things come out of it. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, that can kill you. And I applaud the folks in 2020 that felt that they needed to purchase a firearm their first firearm for protection purposes, at least to make them feel a little safer. And along the lines of what you're talking about, one, and 
out of the thousands of customers we got the, the privilege to wait on here um, in 2020, one couple kind of sticks out in my mind. They came in um, completely masked up, which is perfectly fine. You're welcome to wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. We're, we're free country around here on this property. So we, we've left it optional from the very beginning, but they came in wearing complete masks. Um, they were very unsure. They stepped through the door and they, they stopped immediately at the, once they walked in the door and were looking around, the place was very busy, but I spotted it right away. I approached them and I said, what, you know, what can we help you with folks? And they said they, they were interested in maybe purchasing their first handgun. And we got them up to the counter. And as we got them up to the counter, uh, some people were out on our pistol range and started shooting. And the uh, female, she uh, she jumped immediately. I mean, just really scared her when those guns went off. Now it's a muffled sound because it's outside the building, but it was still, you know, uh, to somebody that's not in, used sure. to hearing it, uh, made her jump. And I said, "Ma'am, it's okay. It's our it's our pistol range out back. It's people just target shooting and practicing." And you know, for the next ten or fifteen shots, it went off. You could tell each one of them caused her to jump just a little bit. I applaud those folks for coming in and wanting to learn about firearms and wanting to handle them. And it it took a lot of effort to get her to actually put one of them in her hand. And then it took even more effort to get her to hold it the proper way and actually use some some gripping force to hold that firearm uh, because it was intimidating to her. And, you know, once we got them through all those steps and we got them more comfortable and, uh, you know, and the length of time that we spent with them, they ended up purchasing the firearm. But it was absolutely their first firearm. You could tell absolutely that um, – it took a lot of courage on their part to finally decide that mm-hmm. they were ready to protect themselves. And that was right in the height of everything in 2020, the riots, the sure. the movements that were marching everywhere, all of that. So, um, and we've seen it over and over again, but that one in particular kind of stood out to me in there again, because I waited on them, but we need to do our part, you know, it very, it very simply could have went the other way while they were here. As soon as she jumped, we could have laughed. Right. We could have, you know, but, you know, and that would have ruined the situation for them, you know, and purchase aside, don't care about that side of it. I'm right. saying from perception side, it could have totally ruined the experience or we could have said something along the lines of, oh, oh gosh, you guys haven't studied anything. You know, right. they came in to get knowledge, to gain knowledge, and we took the opportunity to give them knowledge. Whether they would have bought that day or not doesn't yep. matter. It was to help two more people become pro-Second Amendment. And that should be the mission, and I hope it's the mission for – 99% of the gun shops out there and for the people doing the training out there and for the people that are range officers or instructors or uh, coordinators for events or match directors, you need to make this something that is so enjoyable for folks, so comforting for folks. And keep in mind that a lot of times they're going to be outside their comfort zone when they come, especially mm-hmm. new shooters or first time gun buyers. So that's really where I kind of wanted to make the point on the second amendment. Well, and on, yeah, on a side note, you know, I know I can speak for myself and probably you, it's some of your favorite customers to work with, or, you know, our first timers, brand, brand new gun people that want to buy a firearm. I mean, it's sure. what a, I always have such a ball with that. Um, you know, whether they walk out with something that they are not, you know, we try to, we try to make sure they leave with a positive experience and a little bit more knowledge. Absolutely. You know, when they go and, and, you know, if they, you know, cause sometimes it takes people two or three or four times back to make the decision. Cause it's a, you know, it can be a big uh, intimidating decision for people to make. And, you know, if, if we remember, um, you know, all the, you know, the awesome list you laid out there of people that, you know, can encounter people through firearms. If we remember that, you know, that may be the opportunity for you to change a mind or yep. to shape a first time experience, right? You know, how, you know, why not make it positive? Cause it, cause it's good for everyone at that point in time. Sure. So absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will continue this segment also in one of our upcoming broadcasts and, uh, due to time constraints, we're going to leave that there and move on.
Um, wanted to mention to everybody, please make sure if you're watching us on YouTube to also follow us on your favorite podcasting. You can uh, listen to our podcast while you go to work or while you're at work, whatever your policies are or your time availability is. Um, Spotify is the one that we upload everything on, but I'm sure it's available on several other platforms. Also, if you're listening to us on the podcast, go home and find us on YouTube and then follow and share our channel, if you would, please. We're trying to build our... Uh, viewership on the YouTube side of things. We've got a great follower uh, following on our podcast side of things. So uh, try to try to remember to do that. If you would, please, we'd appreciate it. All right. Moving into EOT. Yeah. End of trail. Yeah. We're down to about 45 days. Yeah. It's getting, it's uh, the calendar's finally actually uh, putting some pressure on us, which is kind of fun. Um, uh, Just an update from the weekend. Uh, This past weekend, we had a, a great work crew out here. We had a wonderful monthly shoot. Um, you know, we had what? 70, 74 shooters. 74, 74 yep, for a was, monthly. That's that was great. awesome. And we thank everybody for coming out as always. Yep. So it was great to have everybody here yep. and uh, a lot of good camping and you know, yep. everybody, a lot of smiles on the range that weekend. And, uh, you know, it, uh, again, you know, we had a work day, uh, Sunday and that was just awesome. We checked a lot of boxes off and there's still much to do. But, um, you know, what an awesome crew oh. we have here. And, um, you know, I mean, everybody everybody was working. Uh, everybody had their tasks. And yep. it, uh, it was pretty awesome. And probably, uh, you know, what was really cool is uh, the SAS CEO, uh, Misty Moonshine, visited yes. us for the weekend. Yes. She was here for about, about four days. Yeah. And uh, drove a 28-foot box <laughs> truck all the way from New Mexico at uh, the green indiana by herself um stopping at uh, oklahoma the land run uh, the sas regional um on her way out but uh yeah what a task she undertook oh wow bringing us a truckload of just awesome stuff from new mexico to use and she told um, me she was bringing a truck you know a, 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 a rented truck and you know, you, you see different size ones, but I don't know if they make them much bigger than she brought, and she filled that thing up. Not and, without a CDL. They yeah, don't. No, and she, yeah <laughs> exactly. And she drove it out here on her own, and uh, and then, like you say, stayed the four days and, and worked her butt off here, uh, which was great. We got uh, what, you know, Sunday was our work day, and mm-hmm. we got more work done on Sunday than I expected to do in two days. And so we got a little bit of a head of schedule there, which yep. is great. Um, but yeah, it was great to have Misty here and, and to be able to discuss a lot of the details, um, because this really is a, uh, it's, it's the end of trail. I'm, it finally came to me completely the details, the mass amount of details that go into this state and them always have some details. And I guess because we produced the state for so long and you produced Michigan for yeah. what, 13 years, 13 yeah. years. Yeah. and you know, so we kind of go into autopilot a little bit, I guess, on what we need to do to prep for it. It's not that we're shanking any responsibilities on it. They just come naturally um, after you do it so yeah. many times and your crew all knows exactly what needs to be done and everything just kind of happens in motion. Um, but with EOT, it's it's such a bigger task. There's so many more vendors and more people and more tents and more. A lot more commitments. Mm, yes. Vendors and suppliers. Absolutely. Um, Camping areas and parking and all that. So, um, you know, it, uh, it's great to have Misty come into town and uh, gives us some reassurance here on what she's expecting out of us. And and we hope to hundred percent deliver on that. I think we will. And, um, you know, right now with the time frame left, I think we're in really good shape to be able to pull it off. But one thing I wanted to kind of discuss a little bit today was the camping. I've been getting still a lot of uh, emails, calls, and uh, and communication, people asking questions about camping, which is fine. Still keep getting a hold of me, not a problem. All the camping details, I'll be happy to explain to you uh, any, any special questions you have. So this is just kind of a broad covering again of the camping. So to give you an idea of what's going to happen if you're staying on site here, um, when you get here, we'll have somebody at the front gate. I believe Yule is coming in to man the front gate um, as he has it at, uh, at uh, the yep. previous EOTs. Yep. yep. And uh, so he'll check you in at the front gate and then you have an option to go straight to the camping area 
or you can, if you need to fill up with water, so if you've traveled here dry, you can come back. Uh, we'll have directional signs and such to get you to the water fill. Um, you'll be able to bring your rig in and actually loop it around a big loop so you don't have to back it up or anything to get water. You'll be able to come in, swing wide, and you'll actually be on a cul-de-sac basically. or a, I won't even call it a cul-de-sac, just a loop. Yep. And uh, you'll pull around that loop, and you'll be able to fill up. And uh, then you can travel back to the camping area, which is uh, three, four hundred yards back the other direction. And uh, all the camping area will be basically in a long row. Um, You'll back into the camping spots there um, in that long row. And the reason that we're doing it in that long row of campers is to get you up against the shade. Um, it'll put you down away from the general parking area a little bit. And, uh, it's a very shady, very, very nice area there. Um, you're, you won't be in shade the entire day, but, uh, part of the day you'll have shade in most of the spots, not every single one of them. A lot of it just depends on when you come in. Um, it will be first come first serve for location. We actually have two camping locations on the property. One camping location, um, we've kind of got people designated to, and that's uh, people that need to be um, up close to the uh, administrative and, and um range staff and, and range staff uh, uh, personnel will all be up there, and a few of the people that uh, are part of the committee going into Indiana State that are staying. Um, and then the, the general camping area, the large camping area, is the shaded area that I'm referring to. Actually, it's kind of strange that the the uh, range staff doesn't have shade, but the rest of the uh, the rest of the folks do. So. Well, they won't be in the campground that much. That's the sun, true. The sun that's will true. be down that, generally <laughs> when they make it back to camp. That's so. true. That's true. God, yeah. they don't want to hear that. Oh, we got to work all day. Going to have Lord. to work all day. But all day. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and as Kurt mentioned, you'll be backing into your spot. And if you've cowboy camped before, you'll know that there'll be plenty of people there to tell you that you're doing it wrong when you're backing <laughs> your trailer up. So. And if you happen to get back there and there's nobody around, feel free to come get one of us. We'll come down and tell you what you're doing wrong. Yeah, then we'll so, come down yeah, and tell you that you're we're doing We're here to wrong. help. Yep, uh, absolutely. We even have radios. We can call more people in yes. to come down and help tell you. So uh, the, the unique thing that you'll find when you get here to camp is that uh, – that uh, you'll be camping on nice grass. I know that's foreign to some folks, especially those that travel to EOT in the past, but this is a nice uh, nice grass uh, property, and it should be lush and green, we hope. And if it is lush and green, then we will allow campfires. We'll make that decision the week prior, but uh, as of right now, unless something unusual happens, you are allowed to have campfires near your camper, and we will have wood on location available. Um, we don't know the cost of that yet or if there are even will be a cost uh but we will have campfire wood available for you here keep in mind that it is against indiana law to transport firewood in from other states um, don't bring wood with you when you come we'll have wood here we'll be able to get wood there's uh and then also if you know if you if we happen to run out which i doubt but if we happen to then there's other options here locally to get wood um if you're from here in indiana you can bring wood in just please remove the bark from it prior to bringing it in um, much like the state park uh, regulations are we just don't want uh, any um, any disease to transfer into our beautiful woods that we have around here on the property so we would appreciate that also something that we've never mentioned that i need to mention right now is that fishing here we have a uh, beautiful pond we call it lee lake um mm-hmm. it was named that by a, uh, a shooter that used to come here quite a bit um and i just always kept the name there it's not really a lake it's a retention pond but uh, we keep saying lake the county's going to want to yeah. tax us more it is so. not a lake it's not a lake, not a lake. <laughs> so no do not tax us more and so no, no motor no motorsports are allowed <laughs> yeah no no jet skis no yep. jet skis for that weekend um but you're welcome to bring your fishing poles we would appreciate it if you throw the fish back but the, it is packed full of fish oh my uh last week my kids fished all weekend and uh they uh my son hauled in several two to three to four pound bass yeah. and uh you know, like you said, just make sure you're throwing them back in the water. But a yeah. uh, lot of fun. You're you're 
your pole will not sit idle in that in that pond right at all. so it's uh, yeah we stocked it long ago with a lot of bass mm-hmm. a lot of bluegill and there are a lot of catfish in there so uh makes it a lot of fun if you want to come up and uh, do a little <laughs> bit of fishing there in the pond you're more than welcome to bring your poles yeah. and do that i've had so. a couple of florida shooters ask if there's gators in it there are no alligators no in our indiana pond no so. and we don't want any broad as a, as a no thank you anything. no thank you no they won't last long. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little, little off-target practice. Yeah, you betcha. exactly. You betcha. Uh, everything's all lining up. Uh, well, that kind of covers the camping for the most part. Oh, oh um, to mention also one of the questions I got the other day is, yes, there um, is going to be a septic company come around and pump campers out. There will be a fee for that. We think it's going to be around 30 bucks. We're waiting on them to give us the last number on it, but we're thinking it's going to be around 30 bucks. Um, I think they'll come at least every other day, but they're going to be here servicing the Porta Johns and things uh, daily. So they may do it every day. I'm not sure, but you'll be able to purchase a uh, tag to put in your window, much like you did at EOT in New Mexico. Um, it'll be a tag that you'll put in your window or, or a fix on your camper, and then they'll know to pump it out. They'll also have fresh water to fill back up uh, for you, and that's an additional fee, but I don't know what that is. Um, we also have several wells here on the property, so if you have jugs or containers and you want to just fill your camper back up that way, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, we will not have the staff available to run around and fill campers since we have the uh, septic company able to do that, but um, if, you, uh, if you choose not to pay them to fill it up then you're more than welcome to use the wells to fill five gallon jugs and take back and fill up yourself that's acceptable Um, we do not have a dump station here so no tanks can be dumped here on the property Um, but uh, there are some within five miles of here that you can uh, go to uh, in Warsaw one of the lake has uh, one and I think there's a couple others uh, the fairgrounds there in Warsaw has a dump station also and it's a nominal fee to dump there if uh, when you get ready to pull out you're welcome to do that if you haven't had your tanks pumped completely out you can run over there and do that so yeah uh, right now, if you have not signed up for camping, I had a gentleman the other day get a hold of me that he was going to stay at a hotel. Things have changed, and they want to camp. Um, they've gotten uh, a camper available to them. So uh, I just told them if you have not signed up for camping, we've got a few spots left, not very many here on the property, but we have a few spots left. If you are camp or want to camp here on the property, um, get a hold of uh, Ruby or one of the gals there at SAS headquarters. They handle all the registrations for the camping and the event and that type of thing. Um, and then uh, they can get you registered on there and then get the list to us. We are not taking any of the funds for that or doing any of the registration for that. Indiana States the week after, and uh, if you are staying uh, from EOT to state, there's going to be about a four-day period in there. There's no fees for the camping for those four days. You're welcome to just stay here. You can leave your camper here and and take your your pull-behind car or your main vehicle and go running around and take a look at a lot of things uh, here in the area that uh, we have listed on our website. We have a lot of different things on the Paradise Pass website you can take a look at. And then uh, just Google Google Maps or Google Earth will get you a lot of details of all the great things around the area to go take a look at. But there's a lot of things to see yep. up in northern Indiana. Absolutely. So, all right. Anything else on EOT right now? Uh, you know, just diligently working hard, uh, getting the range in shape, getting the props in shape. Yep. Uh, we're doing a lot of tabletop replacements <clears throat> for gun staging. Um, you know, new unload tables, totally reconditioning our load tables. Yep. Um, you know, awesome you know, our awesome uh, committee is getting all of that stuff done and it's looking good. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm getting more and more excited about the event every day. I was excited to begin with, but uh, that excitement is growing just because everything is coming together so well and it's so much fun to watch it happen. Oh, your test targets that, uh, you, you painted up one and, and put one together the other day. That mm-hmm. is just really, really awesome. Yeah. Target Very rings. Happy. Beautiful. Very happy wow. with the new steel. Yep. And, uh, as we assemble those, so it, uh, uh, you know, as I said in the past, pretty much, uh, all of, uh, all of our pistol steel at EOT will be brand new steel. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That is absolutely awesome. All right. 
Well, let's move on to our favorite of the week. Okay. Let's talk and a little bit about that. Could I just do sure. one real quick question? A real sure. question. Um, I wanted to say something. Um, we've not mentioned it uh, prior to this, but I just want to give a big thank you to our producer of yes. the podcast. And Absolutely. The, and the YouTube, Levi. Um, it's been a tireless job for him. And, uh, and you know, he's dealt with all the technology. He's been with us since day one. And I really appreciate it, as I know you do as well. Yep. And uh, he's doing a great job. It's great having him here with us all the time. And he has to uh, listen to us all the time. Oh, so. absolutely. And, you know, this is when we say technology, let's put a capital T in front of oh, that because it's yeah. just every single day yeah. there's something new that we you have and I to ain't that. doing it. No, Uh-oh. no. Oh, no, cowboy. No, we had that, conver- <laughs> we had that conversation <laughs> before this podcast started was, hey, yeah. Uh, if, uh, yeah, if this is getting way too stressful, we're going to have to think of some other yeah. plans because I, I mean, can't figure you it know, out. We can pull a trigger, yep. you know, and that's about yep. it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we could yep. not, uh, so we def- definitely could not be doing this without his efforts. All we are is a pretty face. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, so, so, all right. What gun do we have for today? Today, uh, we've got, uh, in my opinion, a really cool one. Just do a quick uh, clear yep. here. Uh, this is a gun that we've acquired from the state recently. Uh, this is a uh, Smith & Wesson Model 52. This one in particular is a 52-2. Um, this is Smith & Wesson's 38 Special Semi-Automatic Bullseye Gun. Um, it's a specialized gun that they built strictly for the sport of bullseye shooting. Um, it shoots a, a flush loaded wad cutter round only. Um, we actually got the opportunity to, uh, as we will do once in a while when we get a used previously fired gun into the yep. store. Um, and it, we've not had any, uh, shooting experience with it. We'll take, take a chance to shoot it. And, um, I know we shot it yesterday and it was a lot of fun, very smooth. Um, these are a very unique firearm for Smith and Wesson. Uh, they were introduced in 1961 and made up through 1993. Really? Um, the production of these guns was so intricate that the first three years, they only made 3,500 of them. Wow. Um, these guns are were tested uh, at the Smith & Wesson factory on a machine rest at 50 yards. Wow. And if they did not shoot uh, below a two-inch group at the time, they were sent back for further tuning. Wow. So the tolerances um, are incredible on these guns. The triggers, the actions, um, just super smooth. This one is in very nice shape, and it does have the original box and two magazines with it and all the tools. Um, and, uh, yeah, just and one of my favorite old Smiths for sure. The trigger was amazing on that gun yesterday. It, it, it literally surprised me when the gun went off. Right. Um, and the slide was so smooth on that, I was just... You know, I felt that out of some custom 1911s that, uh, you know, that you would expect out of, you know, Wilson Combat right. or uh, Nighthawk um, or something that's been, you know, we've done some customized 1911s that feel like that when they're done. But uh, I was absolutely stunned at how smooth that gun was to shoot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's... It's just it's represent representative of, of a hand built gun, yep. really at the time, you know, because the tolerance that these had to maintain uh, for them to sell them, um, or what they wanted to sell. Right. So, you know, this one in particular is a 1977, 78 okay. uh, variety. So, okay. um, it's an oldie, but definitely a goodie. Yeah. So it's been neat having it in the shop and um, getting to play with it a little bit and doing more research on it. So I was I was quite familiar with these. Um, you know, before we obtained this one, but just uh, to have the opportunity to have one and, and uh, play with one's a lot of fun. Sure, so. sure. All right. Well, shameless plug on that gun, too. It'll probably be going on Gun Broker in the next week or so. Yep, very shortly. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, so if you decide you want to take a look at it, uh, you know, do a little research on the model and then uh, pop on there and take a look. But uh, very, very neat gun. Thanks for bringing that one yeah. into, the, into the show today. So. All right, folks, we want to clean up here with a little housekeeping. Um, if you would, please make sure that uh, you're following us on all our social media platforms. Um, if you uh, if you think about it, jump on Google and give us a review on there. You, if, even if you haven't been in the store, you can review our podcasts, review our uh, YouTube videos. Just put us a review up there. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, the more reviews we get, the more comfortable other people that haven't been here or haven't listened to us uh, get with the concept 
of coming in or listening to us, and that's what keeps us uh, able to keep doing this and keep bringing information to you. If you have suggestions for the show, contact us. Um, go to our, any of our websites or social media and just reach out to us. There's plenty of ways to reach out to us. Let us know any topics that you want us to cover, any information that you want, EOT topics and such. There again, too, send that to us and say, hey, I'd like to know more information about this, and uh, we'll try to bring it to you, not only uh, responding to you through email, but also uh, bring it to you here on the show. Or maybe we need to start uh, responding by email saying, listen to our next podcast. We'll answer that question. That would be a good way to do that. We're still waiting for Big Iron Bohannon. And Big Iron Bohannon, we're getting close. There are dates coming up for upcoming shoots. Speaking of which, is May 22nd and 23rd, which is just a couple weeks away. That's our black powder shoot, Make Black Powder Great Again. Uh, one of our match directors is Big Iron Bohannon. Uh, we've been trying to get him in here to sit down at one of these microphones for yep. weeks now, and uh, he keeps avoiding us. So we may have to take the mics to him. I don't know. We can do a remote. Can so. we do a remote there, producer? We can yep. do a remote. We I get got a, the nod of approval. So. Affirmation that we can do that. So um, June 18th through the 26th will be EOT, East of the Mississippi. Mississippi. That's pretty awesome. And uh, even if you are not uh, registered as a shooter, which they are full for those that uh, I had a gentleman call me the other day and ask me about camping. And then during the conversation, he said, how do I get registered? Um, yeah, it's too late. Yeah. Um, but uh, do come out and support the vendors that are here. Come experience it. Um, so then that way you've got to be part of one of the world championships um, and then see a lot of people that uh, you've either never met or haven't seen in a long time from the West Coast. We're having people, lots and lots of people from the West Coast, from Southern states. It's very, very exciting to have uh, this, uh, this, this large demographic of people coming clear to little Etna Green, Indiana. And you'll be signing autographs all week. I will. I will. Yeah. The line should be short. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you won't have to wait long to get that. And, um, yep, we can do that. So, and then, uh, July, um, second through the fifth is our Indiana state shoot folks, please get signed up for that. If you're planning on coming, we're wanting to get our really, really nice t-shirts ordered. Um, and we're wanting to do that here in the next uh, two weeks or so. So I need everybody's sizes that requires you to sign up. So I know your size and we can get those ordered. And then, uh, July 31st is our ladies only shoot. It's a Saturday event. And it is exactly what its name says. It's a ladies-only shoot. The men are welcome to come, but they are not here to give advice or any of that nature. They're here to work. They're here to help pick up brass, to tote carts, to cook, to do all the other things for the ladies to have just a wonderful day. So this weekend, uh, the 8th and 9th, our work weekends here, any Paradise Pass uh, members or anyone uh, anyone that's uh, within driving distance that wants to come in and help for the weekend, uh, feel free to come on in. We're going to start about between 8.30 and 9 on Saturday and Sunday, uh, realizing Sunday is Mother's Day. And like I stated on our Facebook page earlier that, uh, you know, Mother's Day on Sunday. So feel free to bring your mom. We'll put a paintbrush in her hand and she can help out uh, on some of the stage. Ages and we'll wish her uh, happy Mother's Day while she's here. You know, I can't think of a better way to spend Mother's Day. Right, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Here comes the hate mail. Perfect, uh, so, exactly. Uh, that would be at DeuceStevens at gmail.com. <laughs> so, oh, so. Anyway, all right, folks, that kind of wraps us up for today. We appreciate you watching, and like we always want to remind you, make sure you keep your powder dry. Thanks. Thanks.